While a Beauty Lab and Laser is a professional licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. I'm Heather, and I'm here with... Dre. And together we are... Drether. Drether. We're supposed to say together we are Drether together, right? I know, but we tried that and we I can know. never it do it. Never so we could maybe out. we could just say together we are Drether. Yeah. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, today we are going to talk about the millennials. I'm actually really, really excited about this topic. This topic, yeah. Because it's something that's like super important in our lives because most... We date... Mo- I mean... <laughs> We employ millennials. We employ millennials, and most, like, a lot of our clientele are millennials. And it's such a fascinating generation. And, like, are our kids, are our kids considered millennials? I think that we just barely missed it by, like, a year. You missed it by a year. Yeah. I missed it by six months. And if that. (laughs) Ish. (laughs) But, um, and it's really, I mean, it's more of a, a, the reason it's fascinating is because we know that millennials take a lot of flack, and it seems to be kind of a hot topic in um, of conversation, but it's also just kind of a really concise generational thing, and I think it'll help us to use that as a, um, as a sign to then, like, compare to, like, us versus our parents and our parents versus their grandparents and see if this right. is, like, a trajectory or a normal progression or if there is something distinctly unique about our about the millennial era and about the technology era yeah and that's kind of what I wanted to delve into um, but we couldn't have a podcast without representation from the millennials so we're going to pull in our producer Marillo and we're going to pull in I think if we can grab some of our employees in between appointments we're going to bring them in for yep. their opinion and their um, we're going to ask all of the millennials to answer our typical Tell us all the best, um, no BS, about our questions and just kind of give it to us real and raw. So just to clarify, according to Google, millennials are born from 1981 to 1996. So Heather, our children are uh, post-millennial. Post-millennials. Yeah. And you are a millennial. I'm not. I was 1980. I'm Gen X, just like you. We're both Gen X. Yeah. Sounds like that clothing store. Enough from you. <laughs> That's enough Typical from you. Hot topic. <laughs> Typical, Typical millennial. millennial. Sounds millennial. like that lame clothing <laughs> store. <laughs> Generation X, 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 X. Gen X. Um, so, but like what people don't know, it's really Generation 10 and everyone's just saying it wrong. Like the iPhone 10. Get it? Uh-huh. Okay, you know what? You better edit that out. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So um, the question, Marillo... That we're kind of delving into, and we're curious. Okay, so do millennials experience more anxiety in their day-to-day life than other generations, like the baby boomers or like Gen X? Absolutely. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I just think that the whole technology, like us not having it and like being in that middle where we, we got to experience the before and after just kind of made us, like, realize what it was before without the access of strangers to your phone screen. Sure. You know, like, they can say and do whatever, and you just also get more bad information, let's say, bad news, 
through huh. media. And I feel okay. like we also experienced not having it like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like that's hard. Where for you guys, I feel like you already esta- you were established in a way before technology, like, with technology. Yeah, I mean, around. like... I did not. I, I feel like you guys have constant communication, and so do we. Like, I'm just as addicted to my phone as any millennial, I would say. Um, but in those, like, formative years, yeah, we just... I mean, I had a pager. Did you have a pager? Yeah, I had a pager. <laughs> so cool. Absolutely. What do I look like, a heathen? <laughs> of course I had a pager. And... Um, Clipped it onto my gerbo jeans. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Um, but I think that constant communication, but it's funny because I was just saying to someone the other day, like, cause my daughter is going to, um, you know, be 16 this summer and Heather's daughter just turned 16. So they're, you know, driving. And I was saying to someone like, I don't know how my parents lived with the anxiety of me driving on the roads without any kind of communication. Like you would think that now we would have less anxiety because we have, like, I can track everywhere she goes. Yeah, and we have an app that um, makes sure that she's not using her phone while she's driving, that she never goes over a certain speed. Right. And the other day she said to me, I'm going to run to the um, gas station to pick up, you know, a drill, a fellow drill member's secret sister gift. And it had been about 20 minutes, and it was like 9.30, and I just got that horrible mom mm-hmm. pang of like, okay, Every mass murder happens at a gas station. Right. <laughs> with a girl just running out to grab a candy bar. It was just felt too eerie. And so then I went straight to find my iPhone and it said she was online, but she wasn't sharing her location. And that gives you a total panic oh, attack. Oh, 100%. And then um, I went, I remember that I had had her put in a text that, you know, sharing location. So outside of find my iPhone. Okay. So I could go and click on that. And it showed that she was... Um, you know, essentially in the parking lot behind her house, which was even more concerning. <laughs> and so then I'm like walking out in the dark and I'm trying to see if I can see her car. You know, there's like the weird street lights and all the stuff. And I could just, I literally could have just walked over the res, like looking at the location, trying to figure out that was her, seeing if someone had flung her phone out of the car, right, kidnapped right. her. I mean, my mind raced and I knew exactly where her phone was and that, you know, where, and I could kind of see her car. And so, I called her, and she answered, and I was just like, you can't say you're going to the gas station. Yeah. She had met up with a friend in the parking lot, and they were, like, doing some around. stupid, just, yeah. yeah, like yeah. exchanging backpacks or jersey pants or something dumb. And I was like, and I called her shady. I said, you're shady AF. Like, get home. <laughs> you don't say you're going to the gas station and go to a par- in the middle of a parking lot. But yeah. my mind went crazy, and that is with constant access so how did our parents I don't know because I feel like they did not worry like they didn't didn't. worry like we do and so that begs the question because we don't know like your parents didn't know that these crazy things were happening because like the media wasn't so So, available so like are they gonna check their kids so he's saying localized media kept our parents in a bubble and and feeling relatively safe because they were in control of the environment around them because they weren't hearing about you know they weren't People. listening to every murder podcast every. ever. Made. Yeah, and they weren't. They didn't have access to news around the world in the most remote areas of town, and the most scandalous always rises to the top. Yeah. So I've never thought of it as awareness adding to the anxiety. I always thought of it as FOMO. 
But Marilla said specifically yeah. that it is this awareness of more bad things that we didn't have prior to technology. We know too much. So it's like the more we know. So that's the, the more that's we the know. Question. Is it gonna, like our parents were relaxed. They told us to go out and play and not come back to dinner or until it's dinner time. And <laughs> go play, come back never come back. Never come back. <laughs> that's actually what I say now. Like, goodbye forever. Um, but no, and then like we say, go check in with me at least every hour and I'm going to be checking your location. Are you guys going to chip your kids? Like, is that what you're going to have to do? I would 100% chip my kids. Oh, absolutely. Like, the second, like, don't even put the vitamin in their eyes for gonorrhea. Just chip them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're going to be blind anyway, okay? I'm not going to admit to an STD. <laughs> oh, the gonorrhea. No, the chip, the chip is... Essential, because we chip our pets. Like, yeah, and it's the only thing that gives me peace of mind yeah. is knowing that if Gray doesn't come home, that I'll be getting a call. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so does it just does the anxiety just get worse? So yes, you do. I agree. I think that millennials have more anxiety. I think even and post millennials too. Like I think that they. I watch my child, and she is experiencing way more anxiety than I ever did as a teenager. And I think they're also. Um, articulating it more and talking about it and it's and mental um mental health is a topic you know like we're, Which, we're balancing yes. because so are the post-millennials in a better position than the millennials because of the language well i think we're all f- in that it, aspect honestly. probably not because it's probably hard to be young these days with social media and we kind of died where we didn't in. have instagram i didn't have instagram i mean in i high started school. Instagram. like that wasn't a thing yeah yeah, Facebook like was a thing, you know? Like, MySpace for us. Oh, I, and Facebook, yeah, you had to, remember you had to have a college yeah, email account? College. Like, I remember being like, oh, I'm so lucky that I'm still get in college. BYU.edu is going to get me right in to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I remember Hot or Not was, like, the coolest oh website on the planet. I forgot and I that also photoshopped my face on a Pamela Anderson body, but it was like, <laughs> I was like pre-photoshopped, like I was way ahead of my game, and so no one even knew you could do that, like people were still like cutting it out and then like Xeroxing it, you know, yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. the tech for the Photoshop, and I like did it, and it was seamless, I spent probably 40 hour work week, you know, pretending <laughs> to be doing software development, but really Photoshopping, and put myself on Hot or Not, and I scored the same. <gasps> Is that fascinating? I think it's like this weird, like people like to say no to the overly the over the top hot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was enough of a balance that I just was like, well, I'm not gonna diet ever again (laughs) because it's all a wash. It comes out in the wash. Um, that's crazy. I never put myself on hot or not. I did not have the guts. I didn't want to know. Oh, that's all I wanted. I didn't want to know the not. I put (laughs) myself on. Middle age or not right now, if someone did it, www.middleageornot.com. Build that website. Brady, well, this is a shout out to you. Get your mojos on it. Okay, I remember what you wanted to ask him. You wanted to ask him what is the best and what's the BS about being a millennial? I think that the best part is for sure being able to have like, conversations that don't lead into a negative space like obviously there's still gonna be topics that are gonna get heated and whatnot but I feel like millennials are we have an easier time just 
agreeing to disagree and just okay, kind of like taking the other side. Yeah. Okay. And seeing, you know, like I don't need to like change my mind, but I'll still listen. That's cool. I feel like there's a lot of that just because I also feel like, yeah, the BS is because we're lost. I feel like I keep saying with technology, but I feel like technology did change a lot. And that's like part of it. We, we're like confused. Like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, like we want to yeah. like, succeed the way we grew up watching people succeed but all of a sudden it's like change in plans you can now post a photo and make thousands of dollars so now so like and going back to the whole i bet it's hard to be a um, kid now is i feel pressure posting a photo on instagram and i'm almost 30 i can't imagine what like a 14 year old that that's probably all their life surrounds yeah, that's you know fascinating because i don't feel pressure when i post a photo that's i'm just because like you're really really bad at social media well, that is true <laughs> actually true you but just you just download those apps that have the advertising scroll banner and do just a couple slideshows with yeah. the provided music yeah. and everyone i mean yeah and there's no pressure i mean because it's like when your child brings home a painting from kindergarten. It's I mean, it's it's massive art. It's just yeah, it is not, what it, it is. Yeah, not criticize like everyone's it just great. so glad you're posting <laughs> that they are like it's like open arms. You can do no wrong. Hey, Elsha made that slideshow. Now I have I haven't even listened to it. But is there music? Yes, and it's Yesterday by the Beatles. Okay, well that is public domain by now. That's fine. I just assumed it was going to be like. Um, Easy boppity lie, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the first one of no copyright. Um, yeah, no, I feel pressure, and so then, and I just kind of like, but, but I want to be me. You a millennial, actually, you yeah. are not a true Gen X. <laughs> you true. have the soul of a millennial. The soul of a millennial. You really do. Yeah, I because agree. like I, <laughs> that's I, the nicest thing anybody has. It's all that young energy. Not, <laughs> I don't feel. I do not relate to that feeling pressure. But I know you do. Well, if you guys could see my face right now, I'm, like, smiling so hard I can barely <laughs> see. My eyes have, like, disappeared behind the, like, genuine joy I'm feeling because I have the soul of a millennial. Yeah, I have a feel... over here. I've got you guys. <laughs> it's, I think that what is so fascinating about it that I would say all the best and no BS about the millennials is all the best because it feeds on that metric of immediate validation and some of us want to always have an audience. And Insta- or Instagram, social media, that gives us a platform where 2 a.m. you can engage and be validated. Uh-huh. And th- that's the flip side, too. Like, if, if you get no likes, if you get no follows, if you get no comments or people saying, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful or whatever. Yeah. The response is, that looks amazing. Or you're so lucky you travel all the time. Like, if, for anyone that that um, scratches an itch, you know, to, to have an audience, to be validated, to have someone laugh at your jokes, it gives you an international 24-7 platform. And that is, you know, a dark void to fall into because it feels good. to Not to everyone, yeah. but to a yeah. lot, to a a lot, lot of, of people. people. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the world's a stage. And it's a very, it has key performance indicators. You know, a lot of, not a lot of things in life have that. Yeah, yeah. Where you have a number that, that you can look at and, ha- you know, immediately feel satisfied or... Less. Like, I love looking at our beauty lab stats. It's yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I too. love it's, looking at those stats. Yeah. And like, half of it's the mystery of it, and half of it's the validation of it. Yeah. And just also, I have to say, the community of it. 
Because if something's funny to me and I have 7,000 people say that it's also funny to them, yeah, that doesn't just make me feel like smart and funny. It makes me feel connected. Yeah, you're not alone. And that yeah. connection is at the core of like, you want 85 comments because people are recognizing this, what's the same in you is the same in them. Yeah. <clears throat> and that kind of feeling that connection to me is like, that's what I'm thirsty for. Not to be told I'm beautiful or funny or smart, but to connect with that many people and share a laugh or mm-hmm. have a common experience. Yeah. No, and I do, I think, I agree. Like, I think that that is the gift of of this generation is that there is so much information available and nobody has to be alone. Um, I was just talking to a girlfriend the other day that she experienced a horrible, horrible traumatic incident in her life. And um, while she was in the hospital recovering, she started a blog. And like, she was like, I just started it because I, she was like, I didn't even know really what a blog was. It was like kind of the very beginning of blogging. And she was like, it was more of just like a journal because I was just out of my mind. Like, I just wanted to be able to like record everything. And she was like, and then I found this community of people who had gone through similar things. And like, that, that is a gift, yeah. you know, for sure. There, you know, people maybe who grew up like in before we <laughs> we were growing up <laughs> could you know experience something horrible and not have a support and, group. And, and isolation uh-huh. was based on it. Now geography doesn't dictate isolation, and mm-hmm. and um, personality quirks don't you know it imply isolation. Like before, it was like a very very narrow gap for what was acceptable by society and what was like you could have a community for you know and and now you could be diagnosed with the rarest 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 form of cancer and you could type it in and there'd be a community of support out there and that no one can um diminish that that's amazing but it's also um it's also anxiety inducing apparently because i mean you guys are the anxiety generation for sure like i think that that is the one of the common bonds of being a millennial. And so, like, why in all of these things that are so great, like, you know, modern medicine and technology and all of the things, why is that the the thread that, you know, continuously runs? I don't know, but I feel like just a simple phrase, I need to talk to you, will set half of the millennials on if your dad called on your landline when you were 12 oh, and, and said, said, we need to talk when yeah. I get home, you're shitting your pants for the oh, rest for of the day. Sure. You're it's just true. dying. Or the, the best is go up to you when, when you're, will come up when your dad gets home. Yeah. You know? Or like when our, I remember I, when our cat died, like she'd been sick all that day. And I guess I would, I don't know why, but I was around 14, 13 or 14, and I guess I was out working in the fields because I remember coming home and it was like dust, <laughs> you know, like I'm assuming I was at soccer practice or something, but it was such a distinct feeling because my mom, who's a little dramatic, like had this quavering, like cryy voice and like yelled down the stairs, you know, to my room and said, Heather, honey. Oh. Something's happened. Oh, no. you know? Yeah, that's awful. And and then I just, of course, reacted with rage and frustration. Like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> I'm, you know, an 85-year-old crotchety man. So I was just like, what do you mean something's happened? Because I was riddled with anxiety. And I went upstairs, and my cat was, like, dying, which is, like, so morbid to think about now. Because now we would rush to the 
you know, vet and, like, save the cat. My mom was like, we don't know what's wrong with her. It's been going on for several hours. We think she ate some poison or something. That's how they explained it to me. And she was definitely, like, dead when I came to the cat. But it was traumatic, you know. But she had maybe, like, died, like, minutes before. Yeah. And I think now that would, one, that would never happen. We've evolved in care for animals and just respect for animals in general. But I just... I think, like, they would have texted me, I would have been home, and I wouldn't have missed that moment. Yeah. But I really believe that the reason there's so much anxiety, if I can speak as an honorary (laughs) member of the Millennials, is because I think now more than ever, being exactly who you are and being an individual is valued and appreciated and celebrated. And so, in a sense, it is just absolutely put all of this pressure <clears throat> to become who you're going to be and to be that person yeah. and then to be that person openly and exactly, that is a mountain of anxiety because before you could just say, I'm going to be a cheerleader, you know, and yeah. hide behind this scope next, or I'm going to be a banker or I'm, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a mom. And we valued, <clears throat> um, what's the word that means everybody's the same? Like homogeny? Yeah, we valued that. Like, you wanted, like, you went to school, you wanted to wear the same shoes, the same shirts, the same everything. You had the same haircuts. Everyone was named Jennifer, Michael, Kelly, and Whitney. You know, like, there was no Northwest (laughs) and Psalm Yi, you know? Like, and that is completely beautiful to me. But I understand why that puts just this hyper-focus on you becoming who you are and at, at flash forward speed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It just puts you in a vulnerable position where people can call you out because it's so easy to call you out now. Yeah, because you can hide with conformity. You can really hide. Yeah. But now that's not acceptable anymore. Because yeah. you can't. You can't because it's conformity so is, is... Well, more than that, like, I think you literally can't hide who you are. You know what I mean? Like, it's because becoming on, hard to, because, yeah, because of social, social media. media. Yeah, your life like is on a big screen, Maybe you're not doing it, but somebody else is putting you, and they're, like, people are watching, they're like, oh, this person does this, you know, like. No, for sure. Like, when you hear that someone is just like, well, I'm not on social media, what's your very first thought? Someone your age says, I'm not on social media. <clears throat> I just I just wonder why not. Well, you think they're mentally fragile or they had some sort of, like, yeah, either, episode either or they're they bullied or, yeah. they're, or they're just so anti- because it's how do you function? Like, what's your Instagram? What's your Facebook? I'm not giving you just my number. Yeah. You know, how are we going to connect? Like, how do I know anything about you? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like this obstinance against society. It doesn't work that way. It's like saying I'm only, you know, I'm not going to use a refrigerator. Yeah, I'm off the grid. I'm off the grid. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use a cooler and lots of ice, you know. Well, let's, uh, let's ask one of the girls about this. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, let's grab another millennial. Okay, so we have Loretta here. Loretta, how old are you? I am 23. So that means you were born what year? 1995. True millennial. True millennial. True millennial. Almost, wait, almost a post-millennial. Because 1996 is the cutoff. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. That means some of our staff are post-millennials based on that Google. Yeah. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You betcha. So, Loretta, we've been talking about um, just the kind of the differences between Generation X, mm-hmm. um, the millennials, post-millennials, okay. and specifically about anxiety, because it seems like that's kind of, at least 
to me, it seems like that's been a... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It's been kind of a buzzword about millennials. Yeah. Like, we know that, you know, we tend to be... Millennials tend to have more anxiety, but that's what we've heard. But we're asking you specifically as millennial, do you think your generation experiences more anxiety than others? I think so, yes, just because we're so, like, social media involved. And, like, we always try to be, like, somebody on Instagram or Pinterest, you know, stuff like that. So I think we do have more anxiety just because we're trying to live up to those expectations, whereas younger generations have it even worse than we do. You know, I feel like my parents don't have as bad of anxiety as I do, for example, just because they aren't on technology or social media. So... I think that plays a huge role in why people have depression and anxiety. Do you feel pressure when you post a picture to mm-hmm. look good? Totally. Yeah, I think everybody does. I like do not. Everybody. <laughs> you do Some of us do not. Which is my Instagram. I mean, like, nowadays we're so worried about, like, oh, my gosh, under eye bags. And, you know, I have a zit on my leg or this on my face, you know. So we're always trying to, like, filter stuff out. And we have that option to do so you know back then like we just posted all these pictures and we didn't have filters or anything so I think people are so depressed when they can't post a picture or get enough likes or followers yeah. you know so do you think it's changed since like the advent of social media totally. like as as there have been like filters and totally. things like that and, mm-hmm. and influence culture mm-hmm. and that kind of thing you yeah. think it's it's just put more and more and more pressure on you guys I do do you remember school picture day Mm-hmm. And do you remember feeling stress or anxiety around, like, getting your school picture that was going to be, you know, the, on the keychain and... Kind the, of, but not really. You don't, yeah. Yeah, just because, like, back then, you know, I had my very first, like, flip phone and stuff like that. So, you know, I went in and I wore a chunky necklace and my hair was in these really tight curls, but I just thought that was normal, you know? And nowadays, like, that's not really normal anymore. You see... You know, teenagers so glammed up now for their school pictures, and yeah. it's so different. Well, I was just thinking, like, I remember feeling a lot of anxiety about, like, picking my outfit and, like, looking good. It was going to be, like, this defining moment for that year. Right. And now I think my children take 15 pictures a day. Right. And is yeah. there some sort of, is it a detriment to your mental well-being to see yourself so much? Mm-hmm. And so constantly. Whereas I can look back on my elementary and junior high years, and I had one picture and maybe some bad, you know, Walgreens prints that my friends and I did with a disposable because we were artists, you know, (laughs) but otherwise it was like, you only had like a glimpse of who you were. Mm -hmm. You weren't confronted with it constantly. And so that's going to lend itself to more self-improvement, but it's also going to lend itself to more anxiety. Yeah. I think we just like criticize ourselves so much because, you know, we, we look at ourselves in a way and we always think so poorly of ourselves, even though, you know, we're fine and we're normal and we're skinny and we look good. And even if you're thicker, like you look fine, you know, it's, we, we have this mindset to be like somebody else, you know, yeah. we always want to and, and really you know, change stuff about ourselves. We see, and then we have this ability to edit ourselves and filter ourselves and always see a you know, a new and improved version that mm-hmm. we know is not physically possible, but mm-hmm. it appears. And that can really affect your mental health too because you see a enhanced, flawless version of yourself so it seems possible. Right. Our brains, you know, if we can see our reflection and it looks that good, when we're faced with reality is the letdown 
that much more intense. Yeah. And therefore, the anxiety to always be, you know, ascribing to this higher standard. Mm -hmm. Straighter teeth, wider teeth, better brows, longer, stronger hair, skinnier, cuter clothes, better angles, better poses, better life, better vacations. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is a snowball effect. And, you know, they say the source of all unhappiness is unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. And if we're bombarded by... expectations of perfection with our own appearance, even knowing that it is, you know, a glossed over version, a little Mm -hmm. Vaseline on the lens. I I don't know if our psyches are able to bridge that gap as much as we're, as much as we're relying on them to, in order to, you know, live normal lives. Yeah, I agree. Ideal. What would you say is the very best thing? What do you think that society's gotten right about millennials? Like all the best about millennials and what's, um, the worst part about being a millennial? What's the stereotype that you think millennials deserve? Mm, that is a good question. Do you think, think like, um, do you think millennials are, want instant gratification? I think so. I think nowadays they do. But back then, I, I don't think as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to be rewarded for what they post and, you know, get enough likes and stuff. And if they don't reach that amount, you know, I've had friends delete pictures because they don't get over a hundred likes and stuff. And they think, oh, this is a bad picture when really it was a good picture. You know, it's just. Right. But somehow it becomes like a mark of shame. Exactly. Yeah. And then they feel depressed and, you know, get a sense of anxiety because they haven't reached their expectations that they should, you know, that they feel they should have reached whether like it's a good picture or not, you know. Right. The metric becomes based on other people so you have no control over it which has got to give you anxiety as well what do you think about have you ever been ghosted no never been ghosted but do you have friends that have been ghosted Mm -hmm. and what do you think about the theory that of course we live in a constant state of anxiety because the risk of being ghosted Mm -hmm. at any time is like a real fear like we're not we're not afraid of being kidnapped by like the man at the van anymore Mm -hmm. we're afraid of being ghosted by social media fans, by friends, and by boys. Yeah. So I think people are so socially awkward these days, you know, just because of dating, like, online and stuff. Um, It was funny. I actually tried to set one of my girlfriends up with this guy, and um, I sent him pictures of her and stuff, and I was like, what do you think of this girl? And he said, six out of ten. She's gorgeous, like, really pretty. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't tell her that she was this number, you know, but... It just kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, oh, my gosh, he has such high expectations for women these days just because, you know, you're going off Instagram thinking they're all so hot and, and pretty when in reality. See, they look like a 10. Exactly. What would you have given your friend? I would have given her at least an 8 or a 9. She's a really pretty girl, you know, works out all the time. Like, she's this, you know, blonde babe. Like, I was like, I totally would set him up with her, and he said 6 out of 10. And it just... That's crazy. So crazy. Uh, Can you believe like that? It's porn star phenomenon, yeah. you know, yeah. and the Instagram model phenomenon. Yeah. What would you just reversely have given him on a scale of 1 to 10? I would have given him about the same. That's why I wanted to set you them up together. Equal. Totally. And I then was... he pulled a level and said she was a 6. Totally. And, like, if you were to imagine a 6, like, we'd say, oh, she's like frumpy, you know, does socially awkward, doesn't know how to dress, doesn't wear makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a five or six. You yeah. know, not a gorgeous, totally. fit, knockout blonde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a six. Yeah. No. no. That's But they have, they have this mm-hmm. enhanced, you know, expectation, this Snapchat filter version of our lives and of, of what do. women are supposed to look like. So it's, yeah. yeah, that would be, that would be a bad thing. Well, you guys, this is so interesting and just fascinating. 
thank you for yeah thank you Marilla and thank you Loretta for joining us and giving us us the millennial point of view you're welcome and I think like I would love to just leave it on a positive note on this subject of like I really do think that there are a lot of things that the millennial generation is getting it right on Mm -hmm. and and I think like Marilla what you said about like there being an open dialogue and it not being so like confrontational and um, you know, people needing to change each other's minds because especially in politics, that's, I feel like our generation and above that's, I mean, you either are on my side or you're not until you're an enemy. And I love that you guys can have really awesome open conversations about all the different things and you don't have to agree. I love that agree to disagree and props to your generation for making that a thing because Definitely. that our generation doesn't do that as well. So I think I think there's a lot of good there, and heaven help help our children. Heaven help our children. <laughs> My um, six year old acts like he's in a YouTube video at all times. Hey Hi guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> super funny. I find videos on my phone all the time. We subscribe and like. That's hilarious. Like, I'm hello. like, oh boy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, all right. So our next portion is just the tip little segment we like to do at Beauty Lab where we give you a behind-the-scenes insider knowledge uh, or tip to incorporate into your beauty routine and your consciousness. Where We try to be <laughs> more than just a med spa. We want to be a lifestyle. So our tip this week is something that we try to come from a personal experience. This yeah. is something that we are working on. I love on. this. I love this. Um, and that is to trust in the long-term benefits and gradual results of... Good skin care and injections. And cool sculpting. And cool sculpting. Specifically, um, you know, there's a treatment here called Sculptra that is not an instant filler, but it's a filler fertilizer that you yeah. get in your face, and it, over time it takes like three to six months, and it, it rebuilds your skin structure, and it increases your elasticity, and it's this miracle cure with texture, and it basically reverse ages your skin and face. And so ask me, as an owner, how many times I've gotten Sculptra in my face. Okay. How many times have you gotten Sculptra in your face? Zero. Ask me why. Why have you not? Because you're because a millennial soul. I'm, I'm, a millennial, I'm a millennial soul, and I believe in instant <laughs> gratification. Mm, yeah. And, like, I don't want a needle in my face unless I'm going home looking different. I know. And that's the And word, I can't. And I know I need Sculptra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... We've all seen sculpture work. Mm-hmm. It works. It really does. Another treatment <coughs> that follows that same concept is microneedling a vampire facial. Mm-hmm. How many vampire facials have I gotten in my life? Have I've gotten one, one. And same I got it I've gotten two one. weeks ago because I was under duress and had decided I feel I like actually, it. no, it was because our estheticians forced you to. Because they Possibly. were like, because they were sick of they not sick of they're never sick of you, but they were. I was they, like, mind you, your words. You madam. were complaining so much about the thing that's bugging you. You were such Just a like complainer. Just like walking around like this big black <laughs> cloud of misery, complaining. No, but they saw you in pain. They saw you. The ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Whoa, is me and my untextured skin. <laughs> they they saw you feeling bad about the texture of my nose of your nose. The rhinophema, which is undiagnosed, <laughs> and no dermatologist will concede, but I know it. I've seen enough Dr. Pimple Poppers to recognize rhinophema. Okay. But they, they wanted, they talked you into doing it. Let's and it be was honest. You amazing. Did not, yes. But why didn't I want it? Because I didn't want downtime. Yeah. I didn't want to 
have like, I didn't want to not wear makeup and go out for 48 hours. I didn't want to like have peeling. I didn't want to have redness. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to ever come into Beauty Lab and leave uglier. It's really a deal for me. Like I just feel like I barely made it this far up the hill and you guys are asking me to go back down and laugh, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to deal with the flaky peely and the, all of it, but I have really. But it was worth it. Yeah. Invest, I've seen sculpture change your skin. Yeah. Amazingly. And I've seen it change even Reagan's man skin. You know, it's getting less porous. And these are all things that are big concerns to me. And so I'm going to bite the bullet and go to sculpture because the vampire facial really did amazing. Had amazing results. And it's going to get even better. Yeah. That's the thing. Is it is. It's it's a gradual thing. And it's the same way with cool sculpting too. You're not going to walk out of here being skinnier. Right, but you're going. But, you're going to have some inflammation and some swelling. But then eventually, those pocketed areas of fat will be gone. There's no way for them to live. Yeah. So trust the process. Yeah. Don't be so caught up in instant gratification. Our tip is to trust long-term benefits mm-hmm. and your esthetician and injector's advice, and incorporate a little downtime into your routine and bank on those results rather than getting caught up in the. Millennial souls way, <laughs> which you might not understand, Dre. I don't. I, do. I don't. I can't <laughs> compute. You old people understand. will just put you out to pasture. <laughs> don't Please get caught do. up in millennial or Please. and or instant gratification yes, and validation. Yes. That's our tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Okay, and now our two beauty lab questions. Um, a couple questions that we have gotten repeatedly recently. Number one, does cool sculpting actually work? Marillo, can you speak to this? Marillo is our cool sculpting <laughs> resident expert, and he sees more flanks and fat arms than any man in Salt Lake City. So does cool sculpting really work? Just all the best, no BS. Tell us. Yes, it works. It's not for everyone, but we have been seeing great results, and our whole staff has gotten treated, and I think that... We were, we're able to, s- yeah, we're real skin, just skinny, skinny as a needle over <laughs> here. <laughs> why does it, why is it not for everyone? Who is it not for? People with dense fat or too much fat. Like if, debulking. It's not yeah, a debulker. That's what I found yeah. as well. And for people that think that this is, like, they can just do that and go eat a cheeseburger right after because they got cool sculpting, so they're good. It's interesting, Marilla, to me that you would say cheeseburger. <laughs> because today, whilst you were cool sculpting someone in the cool sculpting suites, I noticed you eating a double dell <laughs> cheeseburger. I said the client shouldn't be eating the cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a mechanism for weight loss, but it is an absolute foolproof way to dissolve exercise resistance and unwanted yeah. pockets of fat on your body. It's a fine tuner. Yeah, I think. it's yeah. like but it's that, a game changer, the little you know? areas that you can't get to at the gym you've tried and you just know for a fact it's, it's for not the... going to change your life. It's going to add on. But to if it. your flanks are keeping you from wearing the clothes you want to wear and wearing the, you know, yeah. being the person you want to be, then, then you're the person. Your life. Yeah, that you are the person. for. We it. had a guy at the gym um, probably called Andrea behind her back. I don't think he'd say it to me behind my back, but a BNC. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, Excel Fitness, I know, I've, I know what you're saying Andrea, about Andrea, Dre, quote, BNC, BNC Nord. Yeah. So, Dre, what is a BNC? Body never changes. You know, the body never changes. People with amazingly good bodies, but they have, like, to them, you know, they see themselves every day, like, areas that just, no matter what they do with their diet or how much they exercise or 
just the way they are born. They can if you go to a family reunion, you see everybody with those muffin tops. Just get cool sculpt. Ain't nothing you can do besides cool sculpting, right? Yeah. I mean, you can change your shape yeah. with cool sculpting, but you, you know, you can, you can be a BNC and still get results with cool sculpting, but yes. you can't come in as like, it's not a gastric sleeve, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not a default. And it's not overnight either. So, yep. like you guys are saying. Yep. Bank on the long term. It's an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the answer is does cool sculpting really work? Yes. In a word, yes. In a word, yes. And if it doesn't work, what's the Beauty Lab guarantee? We will retreat until it does. Yeah, we re- retreat until it works. Yep. yep. We're not going to waste our time or money or Marilla's cheeseburger breaks <laughs> <laughs> unnecessarily. <laughs> So um, the other question that we've heard recently, um, repeated times, how do you decide who gets to be on your social media slash Instagram story? That's very, very simple. You have to be very, very cool. Very, very beautiful. <laughs> you have to be a beauty And lover. have a minimum of 15,000 followers. No. Which is why you will never well, see me on the yes, Instagram. Which is why I have yet to make it. Um, Loretta, how do you pick? Someone to put on. How do you, how do customers? What's the easiest way for a customer to get on social media? Honestly, like the minute somebody walks through our door, I just ask them for their permission first. Whether I can get like a bag or their nails or their shoes, you know, or them on the wall, and they'll say yes or no. Sometimes if they say no, then I, I don't keep asking them. I just say okay, next time we'll get something, and they're not offended. But I feel like if we don't ask, um, sometimes they can get offended. So I've learned to ask, like, everybody that comes through the door, you know, whether we, they're... Because everybody is... Who do we want on our social media, in a nutshell? Everybody. Okay, let's answer that question. Who do Dre and I want on our social media? Everybody. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Every single customer that walks in the door, mm-hmm. we want on social media. We want them to repost. We want them to take a picture of, of anything, of their feet on the carpet. Like, we don't care. We yeah. want everyone that walks into the lab to be a part of our community to stake their claim as a beauty labber, to contribute a verse to the play of life, and to be part of our story. That and the way that we choose is contingent on their willingness. If they want to, yeah. And the easiest way is just to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to put me on your story? And we will never say no. We yeah. will always say absolutely. And that is the greatest joy it. to our hearts when uh, our customers volunteer yeah. it or do it for us because. Yeah. Since we're employed by millennials that experience a lot of anxiety, (laughs) (laughs) stepping into someone's personal space and initiating a photo of them is an intimate thing and can, you know, induce a lot of anxiety. So the way we do it is based on our gut, really, on instinct. Like, are they going to say, are they going to reject me? Yeah. Yeah. And we get rejected a lot, and it's really hard. Oh, and today, one of our very, very most favorite beauty lovers came in, and I was, like, so excited, and her shoes were amazing, and outfit, and everything, and... And she was like, I can't be on the story. And it was like, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. And it was very sad. But we respected yeah, her we decision to not be on the story because she was supposed to be at work. So, yeah. yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hide like hide your dead bodies. We're gonna like launder <laughs> your money. We're gonna keep your secrets safe. But that's you know, but um, but we want everyone to be a part of it because we love everybody that walks in the door mm-hmm. and have so much affection and gratitude to everybody that contributes to Beauty Lab and Laser that we want a memento of it. Yeah. And we want them to feel a part of, you know, what we feel every day. So everybody belongs at Beauty Lab. Yeah, everybody belongs and we want everyone on our story. So we don't choose they choose us. Yeah. You <laughs> we choose don't choose us. them. You choose <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so on to our Beauty Lab Bash of the Week. These Ooh. are this is the thing that we we are, are so excited to get your guys' opinion of this and see if it's a real thing. Okay. Men who think insulting women is a good way to get attention and take them home. Have you guys seen this happen? Yes. Okay, Marilla, it's speak to so it. So weird, right? Let's hear it. What do you Oh, hear? I don't like know that guys, I have like, like a I just feel like that's the way guys go about that's like they're flirting. Like they see, find the hottest girl in the club and tell her like, you're like the fifth hottest one here. You make them feel insecure so that they can have to prove to you that they are better. They seek validation because you put them on the defense. It's more than validation. I think it's in a way the girl is also being like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Let me show you something. Yeah. Huh. Which okay. it just kind of is like it's how you look still at deplorable. it. I mean, I yeah. I like the flip on that that it's more empowering to the yeah, it's not than yeah. it is in my mind. <laughs> but well, we had a guy tell us like you know if you want a surefire way to take home the hottest girl, go up to her and insult her. Tell her she's the fifth hottest girl in the bar. Yeah, or be like. You could, yeah. you know, you could, you look different. Like you might have possibly gained weight, but don't say gained weight. Yeah. But just be like, but you like, look different. Oh, you go to you go to the gym every day. Hmm. 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 Oh, interesting. I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> could have fooled me. You looked a little. Yeah. I mean, I saw you a few months ago. You you did look like you were going to the gym every day. You just look kind of different now. Knowing and it's not honesty. We don't care about honesty with men. We don't care about. But we're just saying, like, for <laughs> men to say that this is a tactic. We are bashing you. You are a beauty lab bash because it is a lose-lose. If you are going, if you have that little of respect that you think you can use a tactic on any woman to get her home and then have a long-standing relationship with her, you're really going into the game. You're, you're actually crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get someone to go home with you, probably someone damaged with a void yeah. that they're trying to seek, you know, and fill. But, And you're going to maybe have a conquest that night with your little you know, negative output, <laughs> but your long-term results are going to be ultimately unfulfilling. Yeah. Has anyone like, ever said anything like that to you? No. But could you imagine, like, going home with a guy and then telling your friends, like, how did you guys meet? Oh, he called me fat at the bar. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that is crazy to me. That's insane. No, that's never happened. Well, well, we tried to flip the script with this guy and say, well, it's the same thing as, like, men love bitches. Like, do you love being around a bitch? No. no. Well, we don't love being around guys that insult that us, you know? So it's unique us. and yeah. individual. But if you're a man that loves a bitch, you've got some sort of seek, yeah. need-seeking, too, that's, mm-hmm. like, and, negative. And I don't want to have to be a bitch to keep you for the rest of my right. life. So if that's a tactic, yeah. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to get on that game board. Totally. Because it's not worth don't it. Don't insult our eyebrows, our bodies, our personalities. Just mm-hmm. be nice. That's, you know, like, that's... Or like, don't say anything. Yeah. You're yeah. practically a man. You know? <laughs> just, yeah. Thank, you're just one of the boys. thank you, sir. <laughs> and good, I said good day, sir. Thanks, bro. That's what you got. Oh, no. Booyah. <laughs> oh, so okay. that's the bash. And now... On to our... Well, we end on a positive. We like yes. to end on our beauty labber of the week. Who is our beauty labber of the week, Dre? The one. The only... Injection perfection. <laughs> Rochelle Jalosek. She is our beauty lab of the week. She is also our medical director and one of our amazing inventors. this is not some nepotism type thing. She didn't pay for a sponsored <laughs> beauty lab of the week post. As our medical director, she, what did she do? So she um, volunteers for a great organization. It is For His Glory Outreach. And it they actually have an orphanage in Haiti that um, houses and takes care of 52 
children, and they go down, Rochelle goes down with a, a group of people twice a year minimum, and they provide like medical services, not just to the orphanage, but also to the people that live in the community. And um, she actually took Heather's and my two oldest daughters with her, and they had an absolutely incredible time. Yeah, life-changing experience, and we are so grateful to her, not only on a macro scale for doing what she's doing and using her medical benefits and organizing this team and leading them and, and you know, recruiting people and fundraising and all the things that it takes to wrap, but then... She goes down there when she could, you know, be in Hawaii, or she gets to go to Hawaii too. But she you knows she could go to <laughs> Hawaii she could here. She could be at the lab, Turks and Caicos, <laughs> and she goes at her own expense and um, donates her time, money. But then she also extends it to anyone that wants to participate. So yeah, for our daughters, our, two of our employees yeah. have to go. Maddie has gone twice now. And it is a gift. It's it an really absolute is. gift. And we wept every day. And every we day. ice queens pretty no, much. I have cried like seven times in the last five years. And five times was last week. Yeah, watching them, <laughs> watching these girls, these, you know, darling, sweet girls, but really pretty sheltered and naive, you know, see poverty on a level that they had never imagined. But then to see goodness and charity and just the amount of excess that they live and enjoy every day. And it just it just absolutely changed my heart. Oh, you totally. Know? And it was beautiful. And they, they have loved it. And it's been a hard reentry for them and for Maddie and Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I and, think so. And um, I'm sure for Rochelle, too. Yeah. So. so, but you're our beauty lab of the week, Injection Perfection. Keep doing what you do, changing the world you. one Haitian orphan at a time. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you want to sponsor an orphan or contribute to the um, charity, it's FHG underscore Maison. M-A-I-S-O-N on Instagram. Or you can always reach out to us at the on the podcast at info at Beauty Lab Blazer. Yeah, and you know what? We're actually going to put... We should put a link up on the website. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a link up. Yeah. With some of the... Um, everything is directly... Like, the supplies are directly carried in the participants' luggage so that there is no, um, you know, trafficking or with customs or fraud or, you know, theft. And those, those items... Like, we packed little things from our house and we got to watch videos of the orphans opening them and cherishing them like pusheen backpacks that said yes. in giant block letters lazy <laughs> with a giant overfed cat and to see these little girls just putting that those they you know, love japanese that. backpacks know. on it was so cute it was really a moment for world community <laughs> and for um pusheen in general which is a cat which seems to be a theme with me lately <laughs> cat, let's move along <laughs> um yeah so anyway that yeah we love you rochelle great job We'll put a link up. Yes. That's the podcast. Thank you so much, Marillo and Loretta, for being here. We appreciate your millennial voice and all that that brings. <laughs> Thank you for being part of Team BLL. We are very lucky. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes. And to all our listeners and fans and followers, remember the lab loves you and that life is short. Bye, Bye the, the lips. lips.